from Holy Trinity Church in Inwood, New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome visual artist Jeannie F. Jalandoni. Jeannie is a painter and textile artist born and based in New York City. Her practice involves personal research and relating family stories to historic Filipino-American archives in order to draw out a mythological narrative that traces the complexities of inheriting two cultures. She received her BFA in studio art from New York University and has set solo shows with Tamor Grain Projects, Real Artways, the Little Underground Gallery, and the Berkshire Art Museum. She has exhibited in various group shows, and in 2019, she curated Cultural Cousins, a show of Filipinx and Latinx artists for Chishama here in New York. In addition, Jeannie was an artist in residence at 36 Chase and Barnes Residency, the Textile Arts Center, and Cha North Arts Residency. She has been awarded the 2019 Real Art Award and is a past recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council Creative Engagement Grant. We are thrilled to have her here today and talk about her work. But first, let me welcome Eugenie to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much. So great to be here. And the commute was okay, right? Yeah, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few blocks away. So how are you? What's going on? I'm good. Um, well, this summer is actually the first time I'm having a vacation for myself. And after like three years of nonstop work. So I'm a little bit like what do people do for fun <laughs> or what do i do for fun um but it's been great um catching up with like friends and family yeah. and you know like generating ideas in a non-aggressive way so <laughs> how yeah. does one generate generate wait ideas aggressively <laughs> it's just like let me grab bugs and like find something <laughs> sketch something really quickly well i'm glad you're taking time for yourself because it's important <laughs> to draw from life and uh mm -hmm. and uh and remember you are a person too outside of your art yeah <laughs> you know i i i listened i'm i know i'm preaching the choir yeah i'm guilty as charged the same thing but um well it's it's great you, you talk about who you are as a person and all that and i'd like to start off talking about that and because it's it, it is reflective in your work i think uh i i big admirer of your work from a long time and when you joined our group show and we had it at the pop-up gallery we did i think mm -hmm. in 2018 i think or so yeah. and um and so it was, it was great to, to be introduced to your work through that um so your work re largely reflects on filipino history and your personal experiences as a second generation american can you mm -hmm. share a little bit how you use your work as a vehicle to explore your identity within these cultures yeah um well I guess for me personally, my family, we're really big on family stories, um, where our ancestors came from. Um, so as a second generation, I've never been to the Philippines. So as a child, I remember um, I would ask my mom for bedtime stories and she'd be like, once upon a time in the Philippines and then just, just start telling like her family stories. And I'm just like, wow, this sounds so magical. And um, I wanted to add visuals to that in some way. Um, but, you know, for a really long time, I didn't care to, like, tell people I was Filipino or talk about those stories, you know, because it's family stories. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until, I guess, I just started meeting other Asian Americans who felt similarly like they didn't see themselves in media or movies and um, thinking that, like, 
a small thing like, for example, spam can mean so much to a Filipino person. And it could also mean different things, um, you know, across the world. Like um, I had a friend, um, I was doing a residency in North Adams, Massachusetts, and he was from Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to make spam. This is like a luxury for Filipinos. And he was like, that's so funny because in Georgia, it's like for poor people. <laughs> So it just got me thinking a lot about, you know, what do objects mean to people and that however you, um, whatever value associate with something, it's completely different from what another person can value it as. So it, so I just started like, you know, giving myself these exercises of um, like drawing spam or like drawing myself and then putting it out in public and then seeing the kind of responses I would mm -hmm. get. And that would inspire me to say like, okay, like we have to have a bigger discussion about this. Let's push it further. Um, and that's when I started um, subtly indicating family stories in there. And I would get emotional making these pieces too. So it also meant something for me to bring those pieces out. And then also like the political environment adds yeah. to it too. So. Well, I was gonna say, it's like, you know, um... Yes, the answer all, all the above. Yes, and I would say as you know, finding and finding those representations within the different cultures, particularly Filipino culture, finding. Um, uh, and I'll mention one figure that I feel like predominantly shows up in a lot of your work: the caribou figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, the caribou. Yeah, uh, yeah. sorry, caribou. Excuse me, <laughs> caribou is something else. Sorry, uh, figures prominently in many of your works. Just, and I feel like you know, there's when you're asking those questions by exploring the spam and things like that, and, and they're just things that come up and comparing it to like time and transcendence and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, the I mean, even the afterlife and our own mortality. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just curious if like, you know, it's how, it's how one spends one's time largely on your mind when you're working on things like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I can think that um, it seems that way. Right. Yeah. And so my dad, he's a photographer and I also think about, time in like my own lifetime yeah um and you know time is fleeting recently i've had a few relatives pass away who are very significant in my life thank you me too but they and then you you know you start thinking about how you spend your life and what's important to you but also um you know doing personal research on the philippines or u.s filipino relations that's also kind of like time travel in itself. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, like, I've just been thinking about the compilation of all these things as like layers of my identity. Mm -hmm. um, and I choose to like reflect that in my artwork through like textiles and painting mm -hmm. and also like working with layers <laughs> in, yeah. in those ways. Well, there's so many layers in your work. Um, mm -hmm. And I was gonna say, um, Two, two roads I can pick to go here, and I think I'm going to go the road <laughs> of staying with um, your work as a whole, then we'll talk about textiles. Um, you know, I enjoy the fact that you use and incorporate representations, um, you speak of your family, like personal items, <laughs> um, into these larger works of time and all the, and, and, and who we are as a culture and where we're going, like you said, and and, 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 find, and like by using, like I said, you reach into that historical, like, you marry your family with that historical past. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting to see pieces of like, I think I remember seeing one of your pieces that had like 
um, a sweater from like your grandmother in or something like that, or a piece <laughs> or, a we- or a weave of some kind representational of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so, you, so I love the fact that you use items from your family's personal past or your past to help incorporate and tell those stories and, and also um, put a little bit of a spotlight on those little magnifying glass of talking about that culture and that piece of time and how it relates to the two who were who we are today and watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you use those images as a point of departure for a piece or do you incorporate um, them along the way in creating the work, uh, those little personal touches from you and your family? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I think I'm very spontaneous about it because, okay. again, it's kind of like picking and choosing like what to tell people or like reveal to people mm-hmm. um because it is vulnerable it's like sure you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. incredibly it's like this is me <laughs> right. you know, it's, 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 as vulnerable as a self-portrait i mean it really is yeah exactly um but for example i guess in a number of pieces i've used um the duster which is like a house dress a very simple house dress and it usually just had all these corny patterns on it like tropical flowers or um, I had one as a kid where it was like maps of the Philippines <laughs> um, but those were my souvenirs that my relatives in the Philippines would send to me um, as a kid um, we also have something in Filipino culture called the Balak Bayan box which is tell me about <laughs> this I don't know yeah so basically um, Filipinos who migrated to America, if they still have family and friends like back at home, they would pack this giant like care package for them um, just because, you know, you're more well off. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be random things like Colgate toothpaste, <laughs> and, like spam and clothes, just like anything. And I mean, my mom still does this maybe like once a year and you, she would label who, like what objects are for who back in the Philippines. Um, and then uh, I need to like <laughs> double check my research on this, but I'm pretty sure that like the Filipino government has like a flat rate for the box. So it could be like any, like a standard size, but mm-hmm. you could like fit as many things as you want in there. Cool. And then, yeah, it just goes back home and then, it's a care package. So my relatives, they would, in return, send some souvenirs from the Philippines. So Dusters was one of them. Um, and so some of my characters in my paintings would wear those garments. And like I don't, it doesn't matter to me if other people who view my work respond to that or not. It's you know, it's more personal it's for me. To you, though. Right. It uh, grounds a piece for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like. It's- like this is just a part of like the identity of being Filipino American. You get like these cute trinkets from them. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because like I, we always, I always love talking about process with artists, mm-hmm. and um, and it always gives a little, I think, a little insight to people's work. And so I always um, appreciate too. We we won't talk about it now as you want to about like you know when a, when a piece is actually finished or if it's, or is it ever finished depending mm-hmm. on who you are. And it's like but like pleasing oneself as an artist. That's how you know. It's, it's finished when you're when you're happy with it, right? You know, yeah, and or, yeah. or or you, or you'll stop working on it when you're pleased. And so, mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you have these things and you 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 incorporate them, and and that is to you representational of what you're trying to accomplish, and it, and it it hits home for you, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as you said earlier, you you work in both paint and textiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads me to ask how you developed your craft using these in tandem as <laughs> mediums because you literally to literally weave a, or knit and or paint your own narratives. It's because uh, it, because your work has such beautiful texture to it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because in college, 
So I went to New York University for studio art. Um, I was experimenting a lot with abstract expressionism, painting a lot of landscapes. And I had a painting teacher who would challenge us to, well, he said, first make your canvas, like make your own, like stretch your canvas, learn the process. And through doing that, I was like, oh, canvas is fabric, <laughs> you know? And it, it was just kind of like, okay, well, what else can I paint on? So I started painting on different fabrics. And um, we have a sewing machine at home, so I just wanted to learn how to use that and started sewing fabrics together. Realizing canvas is really, like, there's a reason why we paint on canvas, you know? <laughs> like, it's very sturdy, it holds paint well. Um, so I've just been experimenting from then on um, and you know, like seeing where it takes me. Mm. And when I, early on when I was only combining pre-made fabrics with canvas, I had a lot of feedback um, from people saying, well, have you ever made your own fabric? And I was like, yeah, maybe I should try doing that. Yeah. And then when the lockdown happened, it was kind of a perfect opportunity for me to experiment without a huge spotlight on my career. Um, so I started learning how to tapestry weave. Um, I had an old like canvas stretcher bar that I like hammered nails into. <laughs> and then I just started making like warp and weft on it. And, and then I did the textile art center, which was a nine month intense residency that taught you how to weave, um, especially like on a floor loom and use a knitting machine. And I was it just opened a whole new world for me. I was yeah. like, wow, you could really manipulate structures. And I'm already manipulating structures in my own narrative and work. So it just made sense to use both mediums for me. Um, but I mean, I will admit, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I don't know. I always think about like the longevity of my work. And I'm like, this thing is gonna totally collapse. And <laughs> 20 maybe, years like, tops. Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's a learning experience and I think that's what makes my career really fun for me as well you know like you never know what's gonna happen um, it's the title autobiography <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, but I said but I, I, I love that uh, thank you so much for that honest description and, and that kind of like really concise chronological timeline of, of your evolution because um, it's so uh, it, it makes sense the, the work you do it has that it has that quality of um, that, that wonderful textural tapestry collage of materials and and you include canvas or and you can sew weavings that might include rope or resin mm -hmm. and uh, prints or God knows what other materials you're gonna put in that thing <laughs> um, so um, that's I think it's really wonderful that you you kind of have your way, and then you know the warp and weft, so to speak, and you have your own loom, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and so putting that all together, it's like you you know you're you're, you're creating creating that um, foundation for the work already. And there's something to be said about how the process happens, where you know you're by by doing one thing and creating like you're literally creating the foundation for what else you're building on it. And mm -hmm. I think you don't get that by stretching a canvas sometimes. Right. And you I know. think also like with fabric and textiles, everyone relates to that. Like we all wear clothes, we all use towels and you know, it's very common for us. And I mean, one of my favorite facts is that textiles was the main currency before coin currency. So there is this 
underlying value to it. And I guess I'm trying to bring that back. I was going to trade you my shirt after the show for uh, one of your pieces, if you don't mind. I hope you're okay with that. Uh, <laughs> wampum. <laughs> Here you go. Train. Bargain. Uh, I mean, I'm all for bartering system. So. <laughs> hey, you know, as an artist, you know, sometimes you literally give the shirt off your back to somebody else. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. That was it. Was a, it was the way we we did business here mm-hmm. in Manhattan, where we'll just mention uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we were talking about earlier before the podcast that uh, she would give tours to people up here. Uh, this is where this is where the Dutch bought from the Indians for a couple beads and trinkets and yeah, whatever exactly. else you know. Um, the trading. Um, uh, but speaking of, I want to mention that you know you do make your home here in northern Manhattan and you create here in northern Manhattan and have always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed visiting your studio over at Cornerstone Studios um, there on Bennett Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a lot going on in there. It's a, it's a big space <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like, I don't know, I don't know how quite to describe it. Uh, there's multiple <laughs> projects happening at one time or some finished, some just iterating just sketches. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, how incredible is that to have like a space away from your home you can go to to create work? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I used to make work in my bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it just happened that I needed a space and Cornerstone had an open studio. I don't think any artist had had that studio before me. It was newly renovated. Um, And when I moved in, I was sharing it for a few years. And then slowly I was like, like I said to Jeff, the manager, I was like, can I like just expand? Can I take over the whole room? And he was like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then <laughs> I could just like stretch things on the floor and, you know, like, like fart around in the studio. You know, you don't have to worry about like other people. <laughs> but it's good to have that kind of like safety blanket, right? It's like, I, 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 akin to my, I mean, what was your dad like when he came home and say your room, was your room a mess or was it clean when you were a kid? Oh, like I don't, I don't even let him say <laughs> See, exactly. My si- yeah. I have a younger sister. It was the same way. And my mm. dad would not be allowed in my sister's room due to wh- however, which root way it looked. Yeah. Um, I, but, th- but there's a, there's a comfort in that now. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to have privacy and like be able to like hear your own voice. Yeah. Um, and I think, Washington Heights and Wood, like it really provides that. Um, When people give me studio visits, they're like, I didn't know like studios exist up here, or like you could actually hear yourself think. Um, And, you know, it's, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. It's a huge privilege for me. Well, thanks Um, for bringing that up. It's because um, I always get questions about artists. uh, I don't know, they're on the the fence of should I stay in my bedroom, my apartment, or should I get my own Mm. space? And I think that's a nice. It's a question yeah. people have, and because there's obviously obviously there's a financial consideration right. as well. I think you also just need to have like full discipline yeah. or like a really intense level of discipline to do that. Because for me specifically, like I want to keep my bedroom just for rest and sleep, yep. and then all the stress and my ideas, you know, in the studio. Um, but I mean, there's also just some days where I don't feel like working, but I just have to go to the studio just to remind myself that there are things going on. And then I'll just like be on my phone for like an hour and be like, okay, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Again, remember, you are a person too, outside, yeah. outside of your art, very much so. Um, well, has our, has our neighborhood influenced your art in any way? Has it found its way into your art? I mean, I know, because yeah, that would go question. to the other side about you. As, yeah. as the American side. Oh, totally. Um, so I feel like 
you see a lot of Fort Tryon in some of my work. I mean, if you look at it, you probably can't tell, but a lot of the like flora and nature, it's usually inspired by the gardens in Fort Tryon. Um, growing up, like me and my family, like we would always take Sunday walks through that park. Mm -hmm. um, and the cloisters is like a huge influence as well. I think early in like 2016, 2017, I would include like the little red lighthouse, like all the way in the distance of like a painting so you just see like a red dot <laughs> and for me i'm like that's a little red lighthouse <laughs> again you know it's there it's all that matters yeah exactly <laughs> well that's well, that's great i love mm -hmm. it and i understand uh, you're currently part of a group show right now you want to talk about that a little bit yes so um i'm in a show right now at pace university art gallery it's called to be made whole curated by sarah cunningham and francisco Meldondo. Um, and that show, I forget how many artists are in it. Not a quiz, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's about like eight artists, I want to say. Um, and the show will be up until September 14th. It's a painting and textile show, which is really exciting because I'm not familiar with too many artists who do the same medium that I do. Um, and I have two pieces in that show and... It's, yeah, I think you should all go see it. <laughs> all right. And it runs through, I believe, until September 14th yes, here, right? Yes, correct. And it's called To Be Made Whole. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Very good. Well, Jeannie, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. <laughs> yeah, it sure has been. Uh, before we say goodbye, where can we send people to find more about your work? Yeah, so you can go to my website, um, jeannajalandoni.com, or my Instagram, which is jfj. Whoa. Hold on, J, jfjalandoni.art. There we go. She doesn't Instagram herself very often, folks. Cut her some slack, all right? <laughs> Thank you so much. You bet. Yeah. Thanks again for joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, filmmakers, theater makers, and visual artists of all stripes that make their home here in northern Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Holy Trinity here for hosting us and to Heightsites.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation to Inwood Artworks on uh, InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo at Inwood Artworks. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmwork Cell Fresco, live performances, and so much more. We're very proud that Inwood Arts is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And our programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office and the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>